another episode of Failure Friday, where we get to talk about failure. We talk with friends, clients, sometimes complete strangers, sometimes social media friends, and we get to talk about how we failed and how that has helped us move forward. And the whole point of this podcast is to be an educational resource. Maybe it's the voice that you've been waiting to hear to take that next step, take the risk, so that you don't have to think about how you didn't take it later because the cost of regret is costly. Uh, Today, we have Renee Weaver. Renee is a life coach who helps people stop stalling and start creating. She earned a master's degree in school psychology with a minor in counseling and was a school psychologist for 10 years before starting her own coaching business. So Renee, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that was a really brief intro. The bio you sent me was much longer, so Feel free to expand on that. I'd love to hear a little bit more. Okay, sure. Yeah, so I've always been interested in psychology. So I went to undergrad for psychology. Then I got my master's in school psychology. And, you know, one of the reasons I ended up picking school psychology was like, oh, this is perfect. It's my interest, psychology, helping people. I like kids and I'll have the hours of a teacher, which is amazing because I really also enjoy living my life and having all that time for that. Um, so I did that for 10 years, but the whole time something felt off deep within my being. And I ignored that for a long time. And I guess I can wait to go into all that until I did it. And so two years ago, I finally trusted myself. I followed my own inner compass and I started my life coaching business where I work one-on-one with clients. Um, like you said, who feel stuck, they feel stalled and they just know they're not living like authentically they're they're kind of hiding they're kind of playing small and they know it and they've known it for a while and they're ready to do something about it so they want to change and i love supporting them through that so what was i mean 10 years is a while right to sit in a place where you feel something's off there has to be like with anything the straw i mean insert analogy that you want to hear but the straw that broke the camel's back what pushed you over the edge to finally take a step yeah you know COVID happened and that was like a weird obviously a weird time for all of us, but it just so happened that I was on maternity leave during 2020 with my second child, my son. And so I had lots of time to think because we're going nowhere, we're seeing no one. Right? We're just at home with our tiny baby, not sure what's gonna happen with COVID and a tiny baby. And I was already gonna be off, but I just had all that extra space, I think, space and time. And the more I thought about going back, the more, I like constricted in my body. And so I think for me, it was really that extra space to kind of have all that time to really think about, you're really gonna go back to this? Like everything's changed, everything's shaken up in the world. You have all this time to think, you're really gonna go back? And so the specific thing that happened is, it was getting close to the time that I had to tell them if I was gonna come back or not. And when I thought about going back, I literally had a panic attack. Like my body is like, I've been trying to tell you for 10 years and you're not listening. And so now I'm just gonna like break you down for a minute. So you like know that it is not right for you. And so, I mean, that was it. It's like, I am i don't know what I'm gonna do. I wasn't hundred percent sure which, what I was gonna, like what direction I was gonna go. And I just knew I had to listen to my body and, and make the decision not to go. And once I decided fully, like, okay, I'm not going back. I'm not 100% sure what that leads to right now, but I'm not going back. I I literally felt, and I've never felt something like this before, a 
bolt of like energy go up through my legs, like start and come out of my chest. And it was just like, this is, this is what I've been looking for, this feeling. And I've been avoiding it because I was too scared of, well, what am I gonna do? But it was that, it was like, honestly listening to my body, finally, <laughs> during COVID, yeah. So you had that physiological reaction. And it's interesting you say that because so many of these episodes when we're talk when we talk about like what made you take the next step or what made you take that that first leap has the answer has been covid because yeah. I mean you hear so much negative stuff about covid right because there's a lot of negative stuff about covid but covid really was a catalyst for a lot of people to make them take totally different directions in their lives whether it was for the better or for the worse but it's a lot of times, specifically on this podcast, it's it's for the better. It was a, it was that deterrent that needed to happen. My best COVID story for, for me personally was I also had a baby. When was what did you give birth to your second? May twenty twenty. So I gave birth to my second October twenty twenty. Okay. And my COVID story, <laughs> I feel like it just is the epitome of everything COVID. So I. It's always been a prerogative for me to have my kids without an epidural. Yeah. So my second, and I knew it was gonna be my last one and I wasn't gonna do the epidural again, but it was so much harder the second time around because I knew what to expect. Whereas the first one, you're just like, la-di-la. The second (laughs) one I knew, like my body knew, I knew, my soul knew, like this shit's gonna hurt. (laughs) So it was worse. And I remember getting the key for me to not get the epidural, because I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I heard like shit, is staying at home and laboring for as long as possible. So that by the time you get to the the hospital, you don't have time for the epidural, even when you really want it. So I get to the hospital, I'm nine centimeters dilated. It's time to go. And I remember getting on the hospital bed and I'm pushing and they go, stop, she didn't have a COVID test yet. So they literally put my legs down and I'm, I mean, my contractions, there's not even a break between them. There's not this baby, like it's, they're like, stop. And like, they gave me a COVID test and they wouldn't put my legs back up in the stirrups until they had it on record that I was tested for COVID. I remember being so pissed. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, man, I'm pushing this out. I don't care what's happening. Like, it's, it's coming. They just, and they, they didn't even wait for the for the results. They just had to have it on file yeah. that I had a COVID test. And I, oh my God, I was so angry. That's COVID. That's how I wrap up COVID. So cheers yeah. to the COVID babies. Totally. Cheers to the COVID babies. But that is a interesting take. And it's from my side, also fascinating because it's, for so many people been this catalyst towards taking the next step specifically with their dreams. And in the notes that you left me, it was also curious, this is the first time it's happened where you didn't really have a failure, like a a specific failure. Your failure was not having a failure. So why don't you elaborate a little bit on that for the audience? Yeah, because it's like, okay, what's a failure you can talk about? I'm like, oh my gosh. I never thought about this. So it was a really fun question to think about because it's, okay, there's nothing standing out to me as a failure. That is not a good thing in someone's life, right? And what I, because anyone that has a pile of success is gonna have a pile of failure. I mean, it's two sides of the same coin. So I realized for such a long time, I really just wanted to like 
follow the path of least resistance. Just kind of do what you're supposed to do. You go to grad school, you get the job, and like you do it till you retire. And then you know, like just do what you're supposed to do. Don't dream bigger. Why would you do that? It's not safe. Like you have this really great route you could go that everyone goes. And so I did that and I just played small and blended in and in my professional life and my personal life, you know, I, I really was intentional about it, but I didn't carry that over to my professional life. It's like, this is good enough. This is fine. Anyone on the outside would think it's fine. But so what I realized in doing that, when you're just playing small and you're not like being brave and going out there and taking risks and like putting yourself out there and trying new things, you're not racking up big failures. And so what I realized is, I mean, the failure for me, which is huge when I look at it this way, is that for 10 years, I allowed myself to stay in a, in a place where I was just in the autopilot, in the, in the sleepwalking of, well, fine's good enough. Anyone would be happy with what they, with what I have. So why would I complain? Like, this is fine. I have, I was, I would name off all the time. I have a pension, I have health insurance, I have 14 weeks off a year, all the things just to kind of quell that feeling in my stomach. So it's like, it doesn't matter. You're not living authentically. Like you care so much about your personal life and making sure it's so rich and meaningful. You're letting your professional life just, you're just skating by under the radar and you're not showing up and trying anything big. And I'm like, dying that, a little every day, dying a little every day. And and finally, it's like, I always knew it, but I would, I could, I could rationalize it away all the time with all the stories that I made up about it, but realizing in your mid thirties, and I think so many people have been in this boat that like something needs to change. But when I get really honest, there are parts of my life that don't feel good. Don't feel authentic. And like, I'm not okay with that. That's like a really scary place to be, or it was for me. Cause it's like, well, F I've been doing this for 10 years. What the hell am I going to do now? Like. Oh, I mean, like it's, it can be terrifying. Really well, terrifying. I think the key to the key to what you're saying is the word authentically, right? I, you can do what you love. You can live authentically and it's not going to feel good every time. I yeah. like to think I live pretty authentically and shit's hard still on the day to day, especially right now, or especially when my husband's like living in Houston and I'm out here just solo dolo. It's hard, but living authentically, the difference is you get to wake up and choose you every day. Like your mistakes are your mistakes, but more importantly, your wins are your wins. And you get to own that when you're standing on your two feet. And I also want to take back what I said earlier about dying a little bit every day. We're all dying a little bit every day. <laughs> I think True. that you just feel it more when you're living in this place of complacency, like what you're describing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's like, I was thinking about risk in just a different way. And clearly I was approaching it from a very different mindset. I, like I said, I, I would have all these stories that I just believed as fact. And one story that was so, that I just held on to so tightly was, well, there's liter literally nothing else I could do, right? Like it was a fact to me. There's no other job where I could have as many weeks off as I pretty much want, feel really meaningful in the work I'm doing um, and get paid to do that. Like that just doesn't exist. So why would I leave this job? And it was a fact to me until someone you know, it hit me, what they said, it hit me at the right moment. They said, you know, that's just a thought, right? And it, I was like, wait a second. If that's just a thought, I'm just like, that's just one thought. I could just literally choose to have a different thought. Like it was just the first time it hit me. Like 
you can choose something else. You can choose a different thought. Like what if, and then all of a sudden, right? When you change the way you see things, things change. So all of a sudden it's like, well, what could be possible? And I like your point about authentic, authentic doesn't mean it feels totally true all the time. There's definitely this, you know, anytime we're doing something unfamiliar, our, our amygdala lights up as like fear, like something's not right. Something scary, unfamiliar, don't do it. But change is the, you know, the price you pay or discomfort is the price you pay when you're when you're going to do any sort of change and so it's like fear is always going to be in the passenger seat whenever you're trying to live a big life or do anything big and it can feel scary like i knew once i found coaching and and got really into and learning about it, um, I felt fear on the surface. Being able to understand you can hold both at the same time, the truth of what you want and like the, the being pulled to do it, and also the fear or the doubt or the confusion that kind of swirls around, like both can be there and that's okay. It's actually normal when you're when you're changing and, and, and going bigger. The best, and I might mess it up, but the best analogy I ever heard about fear was that imagine your situation, whichever one that's causing you the anxiety or the fear or the cortisol, imagine you're baking and imagine the fear is salt. And in order to get your cookies or your cake, you gotta add the salt. Otherwise it's gonna taste like absolute shit. So imagine, change your mindset about what fear is. It's the necessary ingredient to get to the end piece. Absolutely. And so now I, I literally, and they say in the exercise to visualize cooking, like physically put yourself in the kitchen, put yourself in the position of where you see the ingredients, and then also put yourself in the position to where you see you seeing the ingredients and create this whole scenario from different perspectives where you're cooking and where the fear is physically the salts. And that you, you do this exercise over and over to change your mindset about fear. And I feel like you can do the same thing with failure in, in a hindsight way, but that's really helped me when dealing with fear because I'm constantly doing things I've never done before, right? And you you have to fake it till you make it. That's another thing. You've got to fake it till you make it. Your mind, it, you have to trick your mind into doing these things and changing the way that you perceive these feelings that don't feel good because we have these things for a primal reason, they're to protect us. Yeah. But we don't live in a world where we need them for protection per se. I mean, depending on the scenario, but in a, in a professional sense, they have no use but to hold you back. So, I mean, I'm yeah. sure these are things that you've gone over personally. But what brought you to coaching? Did you have a history? Did you meet a coach? Did you have a history with coaching? I didn't have, I was actually very, <laughs> I did not have a history at all. I really didn't know anything about it. Um, and, and I laugh now because the person who got me involved in it, like is was we've been friends since we were like six and, and he had moved into business coaching and he kept telling me like you, like, cause he knew like, I didn't feel like totally purposeful and fulfilled in what I was doing. He's like, you should consider becoming a coach. Like you'd be great already because of your background. Like, I'm like, like I literally was so judgmental. Like it's not even a thing. What is it? I don't even know what it is. What are you talking about? But the more that I talked to him and let him actually coach me, I'm like, what? This is amazing. It is so, it was so direct and it circumvented a lot of the, um, just kind of circling the problem again and again, it's talking and talking. It's like, no, let's get in there. 
Let's see what thoughts you're having. Let's see what's going on in your body. Let's actually make some changes right now. Um, I just, I felt the changes so much in my life just from conversations with him that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a try. And the thing I noticed through that, that kind of was going on with what you said about like, you're gonna feel the fear and you're gonna do it anyways, is I was thinking, I was thinking that, well, the thought I had prior to becoming a coach was really, you wanna to get to 100% like confidence before you do anything. Like I need to be 100% sure that this is the plan. I know exactly what I'm doing. And like, then I can go forward when I'm 100% ready, then I'll do it. And what I found was, well, you can be like, 80% ready and still do it. For some people, maybe it's 60%, whatever. Like 100% is just a myth. You're never gonna feel 100% ready. So it wasn't like, I'm like, I'm 100% ready, but it was like, this sounds amazing. And I'm like 80% ready to just like actually go out there and try something because it's better than sitting in this like confusion and decision, not sure. Um, so just being able to take action from a place of I'm 80% and that's enough. Like, let's do it. Like I can feel 20% fear, 20% confusion, 20% not ready. And I can still go forward and like do it. That's actually the perfect place to just jump in and try. And I want to co-sign on that a little bit because I have clients that have owned businesses for 30, 40, sometimes more than 40 years. Maybe they've sold their business and they had it for decades before that. And I'll ask them, did you know what you were doing or do you know what you're doing? And to this day, they'll be like, I'm winging it. Like I'm, I'm figuring it out. You just learn along the way that you're going to figure it out. It's going, as long as you're coming from a place of, I'm going to do what it takes to get to the other side of this. Even if you don't know what you have to do, you're going to figure it out. It, you have to go. It's, it's like war. You're going, you know, you're, there's going to be a problem. You know, there's going to be a burden. You know, there's going to be a fight. And that's, I mean, doing the full circle. That's why being authentic in what you're doing is so important because you can go to sleep at the end of the day saying, I did me and I did my best. Yes. And it's, I, I, I mean, that, that word, I know people use it a lot, but I love it. I love that word. And that's what I'm striving for all the time because I think it's so easy, especially for people that are looking for a change, maybe to think like, oh, it's just going to be like, once I have the big house or the fancy car or whatever it is in their mind that they think is going to like, I'll have made it at that point, then I'll feel good. It's like, if you're not feeling aligned and authentic, if your brain heart and your beliefs and your actions aren't all lined up, it doesn't matter what house you're in, what vacation you're taking, you're not going to feel good doing it. So start there. And when you're all aligned and congruent and all of you is moving in the same direction, I mean, you're only gonna go where you're meant to go and you're only gonna keep going up and into what you'll amaze yourself. And it's gonna feel oh, and take, take it from a materialistic person. If you ever try to assert your value with something materialistic or tangible, you're, it's, you're never gonna be satisfied ever. Take it from someone who has tried. To this day, I still look at material things. Well, I'll feel so much better once I get that purse. No, I always want another purse, always. It, the feeling oh. will last the itch will be satisfied for like a week. And then I'll be like, well, I really want to go look at that one. It's at this store and maybe I can go up there and no. So, I mean, that is on a bigger scale, like the house, you're going to get that house and then you're going to see someone else's house who has a bigger house or has the kitchen that you really wanted. And you're going to want that. I mean, yes, and I'm sure that, you see that all the time. Yeah. Like, and with that, so you're either wanting that or you're in your house, even if you're fine with it, 
if you're not like happy and I don't believe that you can feel happy if you're not feeling authentic in who you are like and aligned like I said with your your beliefs your values everything kind of going in the same direction even if you don't want another house if you're not aligned and authentic and just like who feeling true to who you are you're gonna be like miserable in your fancy house and it won't matter anyways even if you don't want a different house it's like like you said it all comes down to authenticity and moving in that direction following that following that line yeah and I mean, you might have touched on this, but how how do you feel like your experience could help someone else earlier on in their path, maybe on a similar road? Oh my gosh. You know, just knowing that it is so possible to feel better, to feel aligned and to create the life that you really want because that was what kept me stuck. I mean, I was in stuck land for 10 years professionally. Like, well, this is fine and it's enough. You don't have to be fine with fine. Something that really helped me, I was listening to a podcast and this person was on that was being interviewed was talking about how he was a like a ICU cardiac care nurse. So lots of training, obviously worked his way up to the ICU. And he had done that for like, I don't know, many years. And then just it just, he decided he used the words that didn't make my heart sing anymore. So we quit and then he started a real estate business and does very well and enjoys that. And I was like, wait a second. He he like had this degree and he worked his way up and he was doing like a, a job that, you know, a lot of nurses I think aspire to like being in the ICU. And then he just decided that it didn't make his heart sing anymore. And that like gave me permission to be like, doesn't matter how much time I spent, right? We have this um, sunk cost fallacy. So I think people hearing this, if they're like 10 years where, you know, behind me, don't let that sunk cost fallacy get deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Like I've spent all these years in grad school, went into student loan debt. I've done all these, I've already spent three years working. Well, I could have made the decision seven years ago and then I could have been doing this for seven years, right? It's never too late. There's a lot of reasons that your brain can try and go to, to, um, you know, talk about to, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically just like appease yourself so you feel okay with staying with mediocre. But I can just promise your listeners that you will never feel that tug going away from your gut until you trust yourself and follow it. And it is absolutely possible to do that coming from someone who didn't do it for 10 years and then did it in my mid thirties. It's so absolutely possible. I would say, take the leap as soon as you can, (laughs) which is right now. There's nothing. Yeah. Right now is never a better time. But I also want to clarify something because I sometimes get messages from people like, well, you know, not everyone's meant to own a business and they are absolutely right. Not everyone is cut off for entrepreneurship. If it were, every single person would own a business. But what we're talking about doesn't necessarily mean quit your job and go start your own company. It could be just a total industry shift. It could be someone who is, like you said, working as a nurse, at a real, it took them a long time to get there, and then now they want to go work for a broker. They still have a boss. They still have maybe insurance and benefits. It just might be an industry shift because it's. I'm a firm believer that not everybody is meant to own a business. I need people to work with me for my company, and that's yeah. hard to find now because everybody wants to start a business, and then it might fail. That's, and But if you are meant to own a business, obviously you should pursue it. But I just don't want to discourage people who don't want to own a business, but are miserable with their current job. This could be something like just going to a different, maybe it's the same industry, different company. Maybe you're at a soul sucking employer who doesn't appreciate you. 
and but you love what you do. You love the space. It's the same thing we're talking about. Yeah, one of my clients came to me because again, um, she had done very well for herself. She and her husband had built a business and they were doing very well, but it was sucking her soul and her relationship to the business. She felt miserable inside. So she came to me because she's like, I, you know, is this right? I don't know because I feel miserable. I just kind of explore it. And what where she is with it is, she realized that you know she could change the way that she was showing up to that relationship, right? Her relationship with her business. It only takes one party to change a relationship. So just in changing how she thought about it, um, could change how she felt about it, change how she showed up to it, and and. And change from like like a victim to it to like I actually have power here and I can actually make choice about how this looks. So she's still in that in a in some capacity while while doing something on the side that feels really soul affirming and expansive to her. But she feels night and day different about the original job that she felt just like what am I? It's like you know soul sucking. So it doesn't like you said it doesn't have to be you quit your job. It can be how are you showing up right now there's a you can change a lot just by going in and seeing what's going on under the hood in your brain what thoughts are you having that you're believing as facts let's kind of do some some neuroplasticity work in there let's change up some of those neural networks because the way when you change the way you think see things things change same with her she's still in the job and her relationship to it is night and day she feels 100 times different in the same job that's really interesting what you said, your neural network. Um, how do you think this experience specifically has shaped you or changed you as an individual? Whether it's personally, like how have you at the very core, cellular level changed? Yeah, I like that question. It's like, I, I trust myself so much more now. I will allow myself to trust, not, you know, our brains are so helpful. Like we need them to plan and execute things. But I love the quote that decisions are made in the body and plans are made in the brain. So I allow myself to trust my body. It's constantly cueing me in, you know, our our verbal cognitive brain takes in like um, 11 million or no, 40 bits of information per second. Our body and our nervous system takes in 11 million bits of information per second. I'm allowing myself to trust not just my conscious mind, but also what's going on in my subconscious and in my body. And, and that has been night and day because when I, when I access that part of me and allow that part of me to have just as much weight in, in my decisions, I'm making decisions so much more quickly without all the drama and the confusion and going back and forth. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting myself and I'm able to make decisions quickly and move on. And, and I'm not settling for mediocre in any part of my life now. Right? Like I never did personally, but now it's like I will not settle professionally either. I'm just not going to fine. I don't, I'm not fine with fine. I'm not fine with mediocre. I want amazing. I'm going to, and I dream bigger. That's another thing I've noticed. Like I just used to be like, well, what's, you know, I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm happy with what I have. And I still am. I really, I, I really don't need a lot to be happy. My husband and I, we love camping. We love outdoor. Like, we don't need a lot, but I dream bigger and like, well, what could I create in terms of like my business of bringing people together and supporting them? And then, you know, when you're creating all that and bringing all that money and what can I do with that? What organizations can I give back to in a way that would feel amazing in amounts I never dreamed possible before? So I'm dreaming bigger than I ever did before was another way I've changed. 
And to piggyback on, on what you said, maybe it's not you're, you are thinking you need more per se, but you deserve more. You yeah. understand, you, you, you're coming from a place of, like you said, you're not settling for mediocrity, but you deserve, you almost appreciate yourself so much more because you're showing up the way you want to show up that you, you, you deserve more from these outlets in your life. And yeah, and even thanks for that clarification because I what what I guess what I, what I even mean even more with that is like mediocre and how I'm allowing my potential to show up because it's like I I have you know gifts and skills and expertise that I share with my clients and with people that follow me on social media like they're getting value I was hiding all that before and now it's like let me like more like let me let all of my potential out of me. Like, let's not leave anything on the table. Let's believe that I have like limitless potential. What, what, what could that look like? Like, what if I am a person that says, I want to see how far I can go in letting out my potential and tapping what's in there that I can share with the world. And that feels amazing versus let me just play small forever and not show up authentically and not be brave and have no fails because I'm not living. <laughs> it's an amazing yeah, Exactly. And I think that a lot of people, and I might be saying the same thing in a different way, but when they get in these places where they're stuck, they have this imposter syndrome that's kind of like, well, who do you think, talking to themselves, who do you think you are? Like, you don't deserve, like, what have you done to deserve something beyond this? And that, I, that voice that you hear in your head, you have to name it. I, I, one of my mentors told me that that voice, you have to name it. It's a thing. It's a person. It has, it exists and talk to it like it exists. Talk to it, negotiate with it, talk to it and be like, well, who like to argue with it and put it in its place because that, that voice should not define the decisions you make in your life. Right. And These that's little exercises that I've done. So good. Yeah. It's really, I, so something I, I teach my clients, it's, it's like the acronym is ASS. So you need more ASS in your life, ASS. And this is around the thoughts, like we were just saying, like that's just a thought. It's it's you thinking, but it can feel so true when you're not um, when you're not looking at it clear, like when you're not really examining it. So the first A, whenever you notice that you have thoughts that aren't serving you in your life because you don't have what you'd like, you're not feeling authentic in your life. Just first bring awareness. That's the first A. Just bring awareness around like what am I thinking? Like what thought am I thinking? It's just a thought. It's not a fact. So what's the thought? And then when it's something like, um, who am I to do this? The, the first S would be self-compassion. So instead of beating yourself up, like, well, of course, like I can't do it. And like, why would I, you know, I like just beating yourself up for having a thought that's not helpful. Being like, huh, okay. It makes sense to have that thought. Cause I've thought it a lot. Like I've practiced that pattern a lot. So it makes sense that came up, not a problem, just a pattern. And the next S would be shifting. So like that thought isn't helpful at all. So what could I think instead that would be helpful? Like, why not me? or whatever feels good to that person. So just using awareness, self-compassion, you don't want to beat yourself up and then shifting to a thought that serves you. Because even if a thought is true, let's say it's true, that you don't have skills in a certain area, if it's not helpful, why think it, right? You can choose so many other thoughts. So even if it's true, you're like, but it's true, it's not helpful, don't think it. Pick a thought that's helpful, pick a thought that serves you, shift to that, practice that. And when you're doing that, you are literally rewiring the neural connections in your brain. Same with that exercise you do with looking at the salt. 
that activity and doing it again and again and, and imagining it as fear and, and bringing it into your life, you are lighting up neural networks in your brain and you're making a strong connection between fear just comes along the journey of growth and that's okay. And you're training your brain to connect strongly to those together. So that's what you're doing here. When you shift your brain, you are literally, when you keep going back and shifting the thoughts that serve you, you are literally changing the neural connections in your brain. You're literally rewiring your brain. It's very malleable. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can do this forever. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you can start to, to go down new pathways that you never even saw before. That's so exciting to just think about the potential. Like your brains are so powerful. Yeah. It's so awesome. Good. Renee, what is the best way for people to get in contact with you? What is the best medium? Instagram is where I show up most. So that's um, Renee Weaver underscore. And I have a website, um, ReneeWeaver.com. They could go to, too, if you're interested in working with me. Yeah, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching services for people who want to make a change. <laughs> awesome. We'll make sure to tag that. And is the, what's the name? It's just Renee Weaver Coaching? coaching? Weaver Coaching, yep. Can't mess yep. that up. Can't mess it up. <laughs> it's your name. <laughs> we'll make sure to tag that. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on. This was a great podcast, great communication. I love talking with people that know how to talk. It makes this whole process so much more interesting for viewers and to the point. And I love when you deliver something that people can take because maybe people aren't, I recognize people aren't financially in a place to hire us at any given point. I'm expensive. I'm sure you're not cheap, but that's why I like these videos where it's something that they can take from. It's not necessarily just a, a like a farce to get you to go to the Instagram or to pay. No, I want to deliver value. I, I'm sure you do too in a way that helps people. Um, so yes. and you did that beautifully here tonight. And and I just thank you so listening. much. Yeah, take that, take the ask, get more ask literally every day. Keep it in the forefront of your mind. Put it on, have it as a reminder on your phone, sticky on your mirror, and just start catching what you're thinking 95% of the day. It might surprise you what kind of thoughts you're thinking 90% of the day, and you're gonna go in the direction of what you're thinking. So if your thoughts aren't helpful, you're not gonna be getting where you wanna go. You can change it, use the ask. So try that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you. You too. And that's another episode of Failure Friday, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening to Renee and I. We're going to make sure her social media is linked with her website. She said Instagram's the best way to reach out to her. So give her a follow and let us know what you think. <laughs>